đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you episode of Team Cal Mario today. Happy Monday. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are doing a great weekend. Now, this is going to be a ve- now, it's very cold, so I hope you guys are staying warm. And make sure you guys are getting stuff ready for Austin because it's coming up this week. So, I'm pretty excited by it. So, it's not much we're going to report today, but we're still going to do it nonetheless. So, hopefully, it's- I think it's going to be pretty short this week. So, Let's, do it. Let's get into it. So, staff shortages and fees hikes dent Hong Kong plan to reboot air hub status. Regional airlines are struggling to ramp up flights to Hong Kong because of staff shortages at the airport. Slowing DC plan to recapture its travel hub status. Industry insiders have told Hong Kong, have told AFP. Hong Kong, which called itself Asia's worst city, once had one of the gl- globe's busiest and best connected airports. That evaporated during the coronavirus pandemic as authorities imposed more than two years of travel curves and quarantine rule. The business hub had begun reopening with leader John Lee proclaiming in November that Hong Kong is back. But around 20 regional Asia's airlines have been unable to restart or increase services to the city despite months of negotiations with grounds handling services, five airline five airline executives told AFP, asking not to be named. <laughs> the executives complained that ground handling companies were upping fees by thirty to ten percent and prioritizing parent companies or mostly Chinese airlines that they have close or direct business top or bis- Direct business ties to. Somewhere it was becoming difficult to convince their headquarters to keep a presence in Hong Kong. One irony to, to say Hong Kong is back. One of those interviews told AP. How can Hong Kong continue to be an Asian war city if everyone, riot, if everyone other than the big few big companies can never can never come back? In 2019, Hong Kong has 46,000 support staff handling nearly 420,000 flights and more than 71 passengers. More than 35% staff, about 16,550 people, had left the industry by the end of 2021, according to official figures. Last year, the the airport handled just 5.7 million passengers. 1.6 1.6 in December alone after they have dropped mandatory quarantine two months earlier. A former ground handling employee who left recently told AP that the company was deploying just 200 people in his department compared with 1,000 before the pandemic. Those who remain work, worked long hours to make up for shortages while salaries remain slashed at pandemic levels, he added. Attracting and training new hands did not happen as fast as he as hoped. 
leaving for president of staff and workers union of the Hong Kong Silver Airlines, told AFP, and that the basic month monthly pay of thirteen thousand dollars, fourteen thirteen thousand fourteen thousand, which is about seventeen hundred and eighteen hundred dollars in the U.S. was not competitive. We told him in early two thousand twenty-two to start replenishing staff. After we saw other airport services broke down, but I haven't seen any substantial t- steps taken," he said. Ground handling services at uh, Hong Kong's airport are controlled by three companies that have direct business ties to certain airlines, adding a sense of grievances among some foreign carriers that they are in second. They are second in line. Hong Kong Airport Services is a subsidiary. As a subsidiary of of the, of the city's carrier Cathay Pacific or CX, SAS Hong Kong is a joint venture of Hong Kong's airlines and Singapore's airport terminal services. The third Jardine Avi- Aviation Services is a joint venture of the China's National Aviation Holding and British conglomerate Jardine Mason, which which has major investments in China. None of the three companies respond to AAP's request for comment. Like always, they have money they can do anything they want. The executive's AAP interview said local competitors such as Hong Kong Airlines, Hong Kong Express, as well as Chinese mainland airlines, including Tianjin Airlines, West Air, and Capital Airlines, have all been able to increase flights recently with access to ground handling crews. Meanwhile, they were showing to do the same. Since when, since when Hong Kong had became a place where you can do business only when you are propped up, one of the executives says. Hong Kong is Hong Kong's government is aware of the staffing shortages. The airport has already told AFP that it has been closely monitoring the manpower situation. It has been supporting job fairs and adopting autonomy, autonomous technology to reduce reliance on labor. In a joint statement, Hong Kong and Logistics Bureau and the Avi- Civil Aviation Department said they were aware of the manpower need in the industry and were working to ensure the assumptions of air traffic in an orderly manner. Aviation analyst, analyst Herman Che said Hong Kong's geographical locations is a prior advantage, but international connections are crucial, like Singapore. Hong Kong does not have domestic flight, so international flights would be important for the recovery. <laughs> Thing is, how are you going to do it? That's why I want to know how. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You can't do anything about it. So for them, it's going to be it's going to be a big problem to happen, so... <laughs> So, how much food are they wasting so far? Which is what we're going to be on today. So, Hong Kong has wasted $200 million worth of food during the new news survey. An estimated $200 million worth of food will go to landfill during the New Year festivities, a survey by NGO Feeding Hong Kong has found. According to the online survey conducted by the at the uh, at the end of last year, sixty percent of the five hundred fifty respondents said they have leftovers after the after the New Year meals, while forty percent had food leftover at the end of last year's celebration. Pastries 
nuts and sweet were popular gifts amongst among um popular gifts among the server indicated. Nearly three quarters gave food as gifts to families and friends. Yet forty percent said they prefer not to receive food as food as gifts at all. Food waste is the biggest is the big environmental concern," said Feeding Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong Community Engagement Director Fanny Lee in a press release. At the same time, one uh, around one quarter of Hong Kong's population live under the poverty line and struggle to make nutritious meals every day. Food manufacturing, the catering sector. And the general public all have a responsibility to address food waste. Producing and delivering food uh, consumes a lot of resources, and these resources should be used to support those in need, not squandered. And I agree. Figures from the Environmental Protection Department show that the quantity of food waste increased during the COVID-19 pandemic. Feeding Hong Kong said. <laughs> Feeding Hong Kong calls on the public to reduce food waste. I pay attention to portion size when ordering meals, packing leftover food, and taking care not to buy too much food this this new year. The NGO says, "Feeding Hong Kong urged residents to buy to give food with longer shelf life, or donate unwanted food or uh, food um, gifts of food to charity if they were in good condition." The NGO added that. It welcomes donations of noodles, supermarket vouchers, and casual chain restaurant vouchers to support the underprivileged during the festive period. This is the problem that we still live in today. No thanks for people still doing it anyway, so we can't... I mean, as much as I want to stop them, I mean, they still do it nonetheless, so... What's the point of stopping it if they're going to keep going anyway? So, Chinese medicine... Chinese turns to traditional remedies to fight COVID. Now, I don't know how that's going to work, but let's read it through. As COVID-19 rips through China, vast population, making millions sick and feeling a shortage of drugs, many are, tar- are turning to old-school traditional medicines to battle the aches and pains of the virus. Chinese leadership Xi Jinping has promoted traditional Chinese medicine since the start of the pandemic. The health professional held its important role in fighting the coronavirus, encompassing a range of treatments from herbal remedies and massages to acupunctures and diets. TMC, uh, TCM has been has been used for thousands of years of tre- to treat all manners of ailments. Crixa is pseudoscience scientific and ineffective in treating actual illnesses and there's little peer review data to back claims of its efficient efficiency but millions in china use it often in conjunctions with modern medicines to elevate to elevate face symptoms beijing's consultant yu lei 38 years old had a fever after catching covid so he made a herbal tea with pure anti-inflammatory properties featuring cassia, cassia twig, a kind of Chinese medicine for your root, licorice, jujubes, and ginger. In our family, we often use Chinese medicine, he told FP. And that his fever subsided after drinking the brew. According to followers like you, TMCs have fewer effects, have fewer side effects, and work slower to regulate the body. 
rather than Western medicines that fight the symptoms but rarely the source of the illness. <laughs> Beijing has urged local authorities to actively and objectively publicize the role and efficiency of TCM brews in the treatment of COVID-19. However, Ben Cowley, chair of the epidemiology and myology at the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health, told AFP, we don't know whether these treatments are effective or not because they haven't been studied in clinical trials. I wouldn't rule out a possibility that some of, the, of them are effective, but I also wouldn't rule out the possibility that some of them might be harm, not even can be harmful. The World Health Organization only recommends COVID treatments that are based on chemical drugs when contacted, contacted by AFP about TCM. The body says it advised countries to, to gather reliable evidence and data on traditional medicine practices and products. Western medicine remains the preferred mode of care in China. Proponents of the TCM said that combining the two is effective in treating COVID-19. Liu Qingchuan, director of the Beijing Traditional, medicine, uh, uh, traditional Chinese Medicine Hospitals, says they can implement a cheddar and can solve fever, sore joints, fatigue, sore throats, coughs, and other symptoms. Experts have taken to television to praise CCM since the start of the pandemic, with some product in particular, Linghua Qingwen, benefiting from intense promotions by authorities. Many users are convinced of its use of its usefulness, some, with some studies suggesting it can help um, alleviate alleviate symptoms. Capsules of the, of the medicines were given to all Hong Kong residents when a COVID wave hit the city last year. But some online critics in China charge that Linghua Qingwen is no more than it's no more effective than peaches and syrup, a staple comfort food for sore throat in China. And, and social media users have complained of being handy TCM instead of ibuprofen, ibuprofen and paracetamol. Um, Nan Ji Rui, a doctor of Chinese medicine in Beijing, told AP. It is the same logic as Western medicine. If the drug is brought on the prescriptions of the doctor, it will probably be effective. If it is brought randomly from the pharmacy, then maybe not. Though the pandemic, the TCM doctors and self-taught practitioners have taken to the internet to share recipes and health protocols. Li Wen, a 68-year-old retired acupuncturist, has been pricking himself with needles to combat his flu-like conditions. He also brought two medicines, including a bamboo-based anti-fever remedy. I supplement that with a nutritious diet of pears, turnips, and ginger, he told AP. Chinese medicines can be helpful to fight the virus, but cannot kill the virus, he said. But I remain cautious about Western drugs. Their side effects should not be overlooked. And I, I think it's true, though. Hoping to treat a cough and sore throat, Danny, a 39-year-old Beijinger, has been taking pay Pepahua, a syrup derived from plant extracts. It's not because I can't find Western medicines, she told AP, but because it's effective and soothing. I can I will also make myself a hot soup of pears and hot water lemons to boost vitamin C and my immunity. Some people AP spoke were to spoke to were convinced. We young people know little about traditional medicines said Grace Xia, a 30-year-old director. 
But you should prefer Western medicine because they have immediate results. Linya, a 36-year-old Beijing woman, said, I took paracetamol uh, for a fever and it worked very quickly. <laughs> Chinese medicines are ineffective. People take them more to reassure themselves that they are taking something. Now, this can have, it can be a pro and they could be a, you know, advantages or disadvantages or pro and cons. Now, just think about something if they're going to be going through trials. I don't know if to trust them enough. I mean, these things have been used for God know how long. Longer than I am. Longer before I was born. Longer than anyone else was born in this earth. They've been using it for a long time. So, for some of us, we knew it's not bad. Because if it's if it's safe, then we use it. So for us, it's not a big concern. My opinion is not a really big concern anyway. The only thing we gotta be concerned about is how much uh, medicines we're taking in and how much we've been using. Now we don't know if it's safe. I never take it myself. If you ask me, would I take it? Maybe on certain situations, but. Most of the time, I usually trust Western medicines to make sure that I keep myself safe. Just for safe measures, I would use, you know, Western medicines. But the traditional one, it sounds like, it sounds like, also, I need to give it a try. It's interesting, because to see people are finding ways to get themselves, not cured, because it won't, it won't kill, like they, one of them say, it won't kill it. It might stop some sort, but it won't actually just, you know, disintegrate the virus completely. Because some people would say, well, uh, Western medicine is a little bit more immediate effect. Some of them would say it's not good. Some people would say it's good. Some people would say it's good, bad. But this will, it, it depends on how it goes. But I'm hoping that people can stay safe at the same time. So, And one final report for today. So, China reports nearly 13,000 COVID deaths in the past week. Top health official says majority of populations are already infected. China reported nearly 13,000 COVID-related deaths in hospitals between January 13th and 19th after a top health official said the vast majority of populations have already been affected, infected by the virus. China, a week earlier, said nearly 60,000 people had died with COVID in, ho- in hospitals as, as of January 12th. But there has been a widespread skepticism over official data since Beijing abruptly acts antivirus control last month. <laughs> China's Center for Disease and Control Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, sounds like us, said in a statement on Saturday that 681 hospitalized patients had died of respiratory failure caused by coronavirus infections, and 11,977 had died of a disease combined with an infection over the period. <laughs> the figures does not include those who died from the virus at home. Airfinity, an independent forecasting firm, had estimated daily COVID deaths in China will peak at around 36,000 over the lunar year holiday. The firm also estimated that more than 600,000 people die, have died from the disease since China's abandonment, abandoned the zero-COVID policy in December. <laughs> Tens of millions of people have traveled across the country in recent days for long-awaited reunions with families to mark the biggest holiday in the lunar calendar that fell on Sunday, raising fears of fresh outbreaks. 
but a top health official said China will not experience a second wave of COVID infections in the next two or three months after millions return to villagers, villagers to mark the Lunar New Year, because nearly 80% of the population has already been affected by the virus. <laughs> Although a large number of people traveling during the Spring Festival may promote the spread of the epidemic to a certain extent, the current wave of epidemic have already infected have already infected about 80% of the people in the country. Wu Junyo, chief um, epidemiologist at the China's Center for Disease Control and Prevention, sent a post on China's Twitter-like Weibo platform on Saturday. In the short term, for example, in the next two, three months, the possibility of a second wave of the epidemic across the country is very small. China's transport authority authorities have predicted that more than 2 billion trips will be made this month in February and one of the world's largest mass movements of people. <laughs> when the governments are not prepared to stop it, then that's that's the problem for them. Living in an authoritarian regime not only makes it worse, it also makes the government extremely foolish because you can't control everybody. That's the thing. You control certain people, you can't control almost everybody. I mean, no law can, can prevent us from doing anything. It won't work. You can try, it won't work. That's it, simple enough. And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday for our breakup podcast. And also, make sure you guys are packing stuff ready for Austin, because it's coming up just around in a couple days. So we'll be ready by then. And that's it. And that's it for today, and we'll talk more next time. And we'll talk more on Friday, guys. This is Team Cow, my radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great day. Cat host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Cat host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.